0: Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay, and I am the founder of Vitality 40+. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M-word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, Unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask, but unsure as to where to get the information. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Vitality 40 Plus podcast channel. Let's talk about health, baby. Um, Now, today's guest, Emma Pennycard. Just want to make that abundantly clear. And her company is Bee Coaching. Now, that's not Bumblebee just want to make that clear as well, Um, and be coaching and training. And today, our theme for today is self-importance. Now, we might all like to think we put ourselves first, but as women, we are renowned for putting partners, children. In fact, even the dog comes first in some people's lives. And I can give a little example of that with my lady in Pilates who is unable to a temple artist because she has to go home for the dog because nobody else can deal with him. So I do laugh when I think about how we do put ourselves or not put ourselves first. So let me introduce Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi, Trudy. Lovely to be here. <laughs> Glad that we have finally made it together. So let's talk a little bit about your, your previous and experience to getting where you are now and helping other women to get a better life
1: yeah okay so my background um worked for a medium sized travel uh company and i um traveled a lot saw a lot of the world um and i worked hard played hard um i feel like work was everything to me a lot of my friends i met at work so um you know that that was the way i lived my life and very happily so um what was kind of a bit of a turning point for me was when I had my children I really struggled to balance the two things and I don't think it's just about having kids this I think it's about when there's other things in your life that become as important or more important than work right and some people right from the beginning there's always other things just as important but for me work was my number one and as soon as i had something to compete with that that was a challenge for me and i went through this um really stressful time in my life where i felt really um guilty about um work when i was at home which yeah. a lot of people relate to but you know i would feel guilty um I've said that the wrong way around. I'd feel guilty about um, my kids when I was at work. But likewise, when I was at home with my kids, I felt guilty about work. Um, And so what I tried to do was do everything to to do it all, whether it was at home or at work. I wanted to do everything to the best. Um, I tried to be like Superwoman. Um, And what happened? Well, I struggled a lot with stress and anxiety and overwhelm and that which we'll talk about in a minute just drove me in this vicious circle to just keep going and doing, going and doing, never putting myself first, never having any time for myself Um, and I ended up with a job I loved and kids I loved, but I didn't have a life I loved and I realised what's the point in this. Um, So I made a massive change in leaving my job um, which was the right thing for me but actually I then in training to become a coach, learned a load of tips and tricks about how to change my beliefs and my behaviours and create habits that serve me much better. And so that's what I now help my clients to do.
0: Uh, I mean, you've uh, completely said it all in those sentences, isn't it? And I think it comes as well when, um, as women, and interestingly, I actually commented this on a LinkedIn post the other day, that and and things have changed, but you know, back in back in my day when I was bringing up two boys, I was a director of a, of a, a trust company in Jersey, and um, I was juggling two well, one and then two babies, um, whilst trying to be a director. Until in the end, really, well, actually, yeah, I, I was it, it. It wasn't possible in those days to be a director and to have a child, have a family, mm. because it wasn't even seen to be on the cards but even back in those days even then I can remember always thinking I was three steps behind you always have something to prove you're either trying to prove to everybody that you're the good mum I'd make Christmas everything from scratch I would get all the food well particularly for baby number one everything would be you know frozen (laughs) clear pureed all over and all this trauma that we put on ourselves and then you know you'd be shutting the door heading off to work and you know head head down, you're always, and you're always trying to prove to the employee, well, actually, the fact I've got a family doesn't really matter because, you know, that's fine, the door's shut. Well, I still do it now. I don't even know. My kids are My kids are 18 and 21 now, and I'm st- saying that now. Not so much with the kids, to be fair. They've kind of, like, you know, got a little bit more self-containment. But the fact is, I do it with myself. I try mm. and do it with friends, family, whatever. We're always trying to juggle something, aren't we? It's so true. And...
1: Do you know what I feel like in the last year or so, life's just got even busier because we feel like we've got this sense of time to make up for that, you know, we lost so much in those two years. And even if you think about it, like events got postponed and they all seem to be happening at this year. So we've all got full, you know, great, but very full social lives added on top of this crazy juggle that we go through of our career of you know we may have children we may have elderly parents we've got friends that need us like there's so much in our lives and it's interesting what you say about you know how it used to be as a woman in some ways now I think women are encouraged to have careers and to hold you know positions like directors but we're almost still expected to do everything else as well, and I think some of that is still that cultural expectation hasn't changed. And then, like you said, Trudy, our own expectations of ourselves. So we almost feel like we've got more to prove, and so we, you know, we we want to do it all because we think that that's the only way. Um and we feel like we need to do it all ourselves. And what do we see on social media all the time? It looks like everyone else other than yeah. us has it together, right? Doesn't it? You're like, well, there they are, that they've made the cakes, they've taken the picture on the first day of school, they, you know, they they're doing this job, they're traveling, yet their kids are all yeah. and of course it's a big fat lie. And we know it is really,
0: don't we? But I think as you get older you do, you know that absolutely yeah. everything deep down is just is just really um uh, and social media has a lot to play. In everything, yeah. and I'm I'm always going back to social media as well as do the menopause, but it's kind of like that that thing whereby you know I I still th- I I believe that you know we we are you're you're right we are our worst critics mm. we are our worst critics yeah. in what we do and how we do that. Um, let's talk about the word no. <laughs> why why why? Do I find that so difficult, work and personal life?
1: So that would come from um, a a belief that you would have developed, I have developed the same, unconsciously as a child, that we need to people please. So we find it really hard to say no, because that feels like the opposite of pleasing someone. So we're not pleasing ourselves, because actually if we say no more often, we would please ourselves. Completely. We find it so difficult to what we see as let people down. We feel like we need to belong. Obviously, it's so important to belong. Um, And so we feel that we have to do everything in order to belong, which actually isn't true because we'll always belong to our tribe, to the people that get us and relate to us and actually want us to be able to look after ourselves as, as well as them. But we don't see that. Our belief is we need to, and not everyone has the people pleasing belief. We all have various different beliefs, but they're forms in childhood. And those beliefs drive our behaviours, right? Um, and it's frustrating the no, isn't it? Because afterwards you think, why didn't I just say no? And then yeah. a week later you think, why didn't I just say no? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself going to something that I don't even
0: want want to do? So, how do we learn? How do we learn to say no? How can we stop being such you know, I'm going to use the word perfectionism because what well, we haven't used that yet, um, <laughs> and perhaps the um, put yourself on the to-do list. um why do, yeah okay, i've I've mentioned the word perfectionism. perhaps you'd like to take that up,
1: yeah, I mean, perfectionism again, is another huge belief and driver, something that um I talk about quite a lot. So perfectionism comes from that need, not for everything necessarily to be perfect, but for others to see us as that, okay? So we, as perfectionists, we know we're not perfect, but our fear is that others will see that too. So everything we do is around trying to get it right, for it to look good, for it to please, the pleasing comes into that as well, to to please others, okay? But we know we're not perfect. We would be far happier if we actually were a bit more vulnerable and a bit more open and let people see us for who we truly were, because actually they'll love us more for that. And we won't have to put on this charade because no one's perfect, right? And we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a belief that would have come again, built in childhood, where we might have been told, if we're a perfectionist now, we might have been told um, to. maybe tidy up after ourselves, make sure that um if we were playing with that toy that we didn't lose all of the bits, make sure that um you know we dressed nicely um and that we did our shoes up and it's all of these things that a parent has unconsciously put into our heads and coming from a good place, right? It's not that our yeah, parents yes, were, yeah. you know yeah, and yeah. we then you can hear yourself you think yeah I've said these things to my kids as well. But it tells us that if we do all of those things, then we're a good person. And if we don't do those things, we're not a good person. That that's the nuts and bolts of it. And so we're constantly trying for our own self-worth to feel like a good person to follow those beliefs that that we have.
0: Um, so that kind of makes sense really <laughs> when you think about it. Um, uh, yeah. So looking at we've we've looked at the we've looked at perfectionism, we've looked at the word no. So let's talk about a typical client coming to you um and a situation. So um when when do you find clients come to you? Is it is it kind of at the point of no return, at the point of, you know, we we were going to not use the word burnout and here I am because obviously it's like you've got that in my head. So is that the point when when People can't cope or don't feel they're juggling things right. What's your what's your sort of scenario of the of the um, standard client, for want of a better word?
1: Yeah, so I'd say it's before they're reaching um, burnout level, although I have I have worked with clients when they have burnt out and they're on that road to recovery. Um, But my sweet spot, as it were, would be when they're starting to feel stressed, overwhelmed or anxious. The overthinking is kicking in and that they're noticing that they're um, maybe a bit more controlled by some of their habits than they would like to be and they're not they, they have this awareness that there's more to life and they have this awareness that they're not spending their time in the way they choose probably because they're aware of they're not saying no they, they kind of know some of the places they're going wrong but they don't know why they don't understand what's behind that like we all know deep down don't we that um we need to take care of ourselves um that we need to say no that we need boundaries it's not that we need help with the what to do it's the what's getting in our way of doing that and that's when when they tend um to come to me um they may be feeling exhaustion but not quite at burnout level um and and maybe they're questioning okay well how can i do everything i've got to do how do how does everyone else do it? Help me, Emma, to prioritize my time. So it might come up in that kind of way. they might come to me kind of for time management tips, which again is not something actually that really yeah, I do. Yeah. Because if you if you manage your energy actually, um, then your time, you know, you'll fit everything into your time if you if you manage ah, the energy. Um, so
0: you know, yeah. the fitting everything into time, it's quite interesting today because um Although we we don't want to give the podcast a date or time, but today is National Fitness Day. And I just completed a post on LinkedIn about um, my my exercise, my what I like doing. So, you know, it's it's changed from like mad circuit boxing and and high impact because, you know, when we hit this menopausal age, there we go. I thought I'd try and get the word in somewhere. Um, our whole our exercise routine changes. However, we also get to this point when we're 50s. When people don't have time, well, we don't have time when we're we're, when we're looking after young kids. We don't have time when we're not looking after young kids. And now we're fifty; we don't have time really because actually we can't be bothered. You know, we have a motivation problem going on. So, I'll give one on one example on the the time with fitness. So, if I was to say to you and and reverse the tables and not saying that you. Want to do this, by the way. But if you, if we were talking about exercise, you was, well, I haven't got time. Obviously, I've got to juggle getting the kids, to da, 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 da Even though they're younger, or whatever. Um, the big thing I would say, and it's what I wrote today, is that I don't take that excuse very kindly these days, on the grounds of we do have time. We have time to prepare food, and people say to me, "Ah, oh, but I need to have my lunches prepared." When we talk about food, and I go, "Well, that's fine. Either do it the night before." It's not a huge issue. Or you get up and you plan it. So before I left this morning, because I knew I had a whole morning out on the road, I would make my time to make my breakfast box. Otherwise, I'm going to eat something crap on my way through the day. Um, the interesting, like what you said there about prioritization, I, did a, I do a lot of stuff on well-being and corporate stress. Because corporate stress, um, and you know, we try to explain that stress is only what how we deal with stuff I mean obviously there are extrinsic stress factors but one of the things that I do say is that you know you go back to that to-do list and it's funny you should say about once you start managing your time you'll start managing the rest of your tasks and Mm -hmm. it kind of is a chicken and egg isn't it vicious circle Mm -hmm. because if people when people become overwhelmed then these tasks whether that be personal like thinking about booking a holiday booking a spa going shopping doing whatever to suddenly all the stuff we've got at work suddenly come in and you you want to it's like all the jigsaw isn't it falling on top of you and dealing with one specific problem at a time I mean is that kind of when you're looking at that do you kind of segregate work and home or do you find that it does all crash in
1: I mean I do think life has a funny way of all happening at once doesn't it you know um and <laughs> it does I, I hear that so often that it does often seem to happen and it's like is it because I'm so overwhelmed I feel like it's all happening yeah. at once or is it really all happening at once but I always think you have to look at everything together um I think it's very difficult to just go well let's get work sorted or let's get life sorted because they don't happen independently they are all all as one so for me that's all about going okay well what actually is really most important and absolutely laser focus on what's most important. And that will probably be a couple of work things and a couple of personal things. Um, But it's about trying to remove all the shoulds and all of the coulds what actually really is going to make the biggest impact and actually to have a balanced life that's always going to be a mix of work a mix of personal but you know fitness eating well but time with friends you need that you know, all of these things we yeah. need in in our lives because otherwise we very quickly do become overwhelmed and unhappy if we're just trying to do you know just work or just play it's also about acceptance Trudy you know it's about accepting actually we can't do it all and actually the quicker we accept that and go well if I can't do it all what really is going to make a difference to my life what am I not going to look back and and regret that I did or, or didn't do like none of us are going to get to our deathbed and wish that we'd kept up with our emails and that we'd worked more are we like no I us. Know. <laughs> and sometimes we just have to remind ourselves of that when we're in this overwhelmed state and feeling like you know we're indispensable, and the world's on top of us. It's like, but actually, what really is going to make make a difference? Yeah,
0: you know? it's you know it's very true that I I actually am just sitting here inwardly laughing when on Saturday morning I always get up. I do teach Pilates early, but I get up and I try to do as much housework as I can in that morning. And last Saturday I was actually teaching a course for three hours, and. All I need to do is to get up, just get myself together, go in early, have a coffee and do the course. But oh, no, 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 that wasn't going to happen, was it? Because in my head, I needed to clean the floors. And you're absolutely right. Did anybody come back and say, well done, Trudy, for cleaning the floors before you went to work? Because then what happened? I made myself late, which then I had to cycle like a mad woman all the way in not having a coffee, getting in, hot, trying to find the bike, blah, 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 blah. But what is it? What is it that makes – well, we, we talk, we suppose we've spoken about, it, isn't it? It's this, these things, these barriers we put up to ourselves. Well, it's, it's the beliefs. So that belief is about the fact of I'm a good person
1: if I can get all of this stuff done <laughs> before, before I start my day. Being a really good person then. Yeah. And so you think, well, this is gonna make me feel really good. And actually, of course it doesn't because then you're beating yourself up on the way there thinking, yeah. oh my God, I'm gonna be late. And what are they gonna think? So then that's the people pleasing belief coming in, right? Um, and, and thinking, well, then I'm not a good person after all. Um, and actually, if we if we give ourselves that space to keep calm, Um, and actually just focus on the one thing, which is getting there on time, you know, and doing your best work that I'm sure you did even when you got there late. (laughs) Um, but you know, by avoiding that stress, then actually we, then we stay in our logical part of our brain that goes, actually, the floor doesn't matter. It can wait. Um, you know, that won't make a difference if I don't do that till tomorrow (laughs) or next week, but it's the stress that actually triggers those beliefs. And that's, that's so much of the work I do with my clients that actually, the more we can reduce that kind of stress and overwhelm. Actually, the more logical decisions we're able to to make, the more likely we are to be kind to ourselves, say no, um, you know, and focus on those most important things.
0: That's yeah, yeah very, very, very important. I'm honestly, I, I'm just sitting here now, like little, doing my little nod to my head, going, you know, Judy, you're gonna have to stop some of this. It, seemingly, it's actually getting worse, and I kind of know why it's getting worse through my own thing about, you know, being out of control yeah. with other factors in your life. So you let the factors that you can control, like cleaning the floor, which is really, really important, not. But it means I've done something. I've got that accomplished. Mm. and But very, very interesting. Um, Okay, so what tips, and we'll, we're sort of winding this up, but kind of giving it around now for the people. What tips would you give to our listeners about you know by taking time out making you more self important so my very first tip is it's it's around
1: giving ourselves permission to put ourselves on our to do list so if you know the listeners like you and i Trudy. um have long to-do list, like to achieve, like to tick things off, well actually that's why we need to be not just on that list but at the top of it because actually if that can be the first thing we achieve each day is something for us that is going to reduce our stress, increase our energy um, first and foremost then what a great thing to not only be able to do that and, and tick it off but it's about that permission and it's a mindset thing. So you know using the word self-care which actually I don't love but self-care people can feel is you know a luxury um people worry that it's selfish actually to yeah. care for themselves don't they we hear yes, that so absolutely. much. and actually it's it's a necessity and it's actually probably the best preventative um for stress reduction so you know the to to be able to include that in our lives every single day usually in more than one way is going to keep us from stress and keep us then thinking logically and being able to you know live life on purpose instead of living in this overwhelmed place um, and there's five um ways actually that um scientists have proved that actually recharge um and give our brain energy okay so um the first one is eat so we need to eat obviously every day but also good nourish your body. yeah good food good good water uh, lots of water
0: yeah
1: um then move so again we'll know these we need to move you know every day in in different forms that work for us sleep so sleep um and I heard read um, not read listen to your podcast actually that you did recently on sleep and I resonated with so much of it um because I think sleep is the number number one thing to keep us out of that stress and overwhelm place Um, and then there's another two that people don't always know about and the first one is relax so we need to have time to relax that's separate from sleep but it's time to maybe be in flow so that might be um, to read or it could be actually watching telly or something like that as long as it's you know not um, and not not used excessively whatever it is that helps us to relax and then the fifth one is connect. So we need connection with people. And this is why people struggled so much during lockdown. lockdown because obviously yeah, our, yeah. our connections were vastly reduced. But that connection, um, you know, our brain is a social organ. So actually to get energy, we do need that connection. So that kind of leads me to that second tip is, yes, you need to have those things on your to do list and you need to pick, say, whichever one of those, you know, yourself, you could do with more of in your life, whichever one, you know, would have the biggest impact in your life. So say it's sleep to then plan. Sorry, to prioritize that and plan it so it actually happens. So, yes, it's on your to do list, but it's actually in your calendar. You're actually thinking through to yourself, when am I going to make this happen every day so whether whether it's what time you're going to go to bed and get up if it's about sleep if it's about exercise not I'll do it tomorrow actually when are you going to do it tomorrow is it when you first get up or is it at lunchtime Um, because then we're more likely to do it Um, and then the final tip I would give is to also just give a bit of a thought to our coping mechanisms so when we're stressed we all have different ways that we cope that if we do them in excess become unhealthy and unhelpful habits so I tend to call them the overs it might be over drinking overeating, um over watching telly obviously that's not you know I like to just add over to the beginning of everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, we're doing, anything we're doing for um to excess for me it was overworking very much um that that is our brain is craving probably control you touched on that or calm maybe that it's craving calm so you might have a glass of wine every night to calm down or you might have a bottle every night to calm down and actually that isn't helping you that's causing more stress and overwhelm so what is it that's driving you to drink the wine probably that you need calm. So what other ways can you find calm? Can you do that by doing yoga or having a bath or going for a walk and and trying to replace step by step, just small steps, replace some unhelpful habits with some healthy ones. So that's kind of it in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, and that's perfect. You know, it kind of underpins um everything, you know, that I preach when I go around talking menopause, because we know that we have additional cortisol we know that our stress levels are because estrogen and progesterone, really, because progesterone is nature's volume together between the two of them. You know, we're, we're waning thin. So we feel stressed and anxious a lot of the time. So what we have to do is to find our ways of being able to do that. It's interesting, again, because of this being National Fitness Day, I put little photos up of the things that I could find very quickly in 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 the last few months I do and you know now I think about it you know from cycling to playing paddle tennis to pilates whatever I choose to do but during that time and this is what I try to tell my ladies during that time you are thinking of nothing but what you're doing you know I mean I used to be that when I was boxing so when I was boxing, you know, I, I was going through my divorce. It was the best form of <laughs> best form of challenging going. But in that time, there was nothing else going through my head. And I think sometimes that's what uh, as women and men, for that matter, we need to just stop and go, let the brain relax. You know, you touched on that when you said, I mean, my my brain is, is just on seemingly overdrive at the moment, but. It's kind of when I'm doing whatever I'm doing, so hence me playing paddle this morning, for that one hour, I was there and nothing mattered. Yes, I'd been up at six. Yes, I've made four presentations. Yes, I've been to a breakfast meeting beforehand. But in that one hour, whoa, it just felt so good. You know, you get back in the car, then you start looking at the phone again, blah, 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 and we're back on it again. But um, I would be saying that to people, and that's just really reiterating you know what you said try to find that release of dopamine because dopamine is suppressed during the menopause as well so that's why so many women like a glass of wine at night Mm. um so again it's trying to break the habit find the alternative and in fact one uh, menopause forum so every month i hold a forum in jersey for any woman wanting to come along and i give little themes and we did one on exercise i just told people to come relaxed in, in casual clothing and um i actually had a zumba teacher come in and they people were like no i didn't tell them right oh my god i can't do it oh i'm uncoordinated i was like look trust me 30 minutes 30 minutes of zumba everybody forgot where we had 80s music going on we had lighting and I said, right, we stopped. And I went, right, stop. What do you feel right now? Right now. And anybody who comes out of classes or does their bit, whatever they're doing, whatever they like doing, you go, you feel great, don't you? Yeah. The release of Dapermine. Yeah. And I said, if you had been at home this evening, what would you have done? You'd got a glass of wine. And we talk about watching TV. I, You know, that's when I chill off. I mean, sometimes I just can't stay awake but because the brain just goes into zero mode. But... Mm. It's that, it's that time of just, I mean, is there any practical ways that we could be, I mean, we've talked about like finding that alternative to dopamine and release. Is there anything else that you would give to us ladies or men?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it actually does apply to, to, to both. And actually, yeah. you know, I, work, I, you know, I think as women, we talk a lot about um, the challenges of women, but actually I do work with quite a lot of men um, as well, because actually, you know, some of the challenges can be different but how it shows up in us can, can be the same um so what other tip could I I could give well I could talk about um habits a little bit if that would be um, useful habits. um and how to form a habit so probably you know about this Trudy already because you were touching on on, on, the, on the dopamine um but a, a habit is created by um a cue so something we see or feel and it triggers that craving. Um, so we respond in a certain way and we get the reward, right? And the reward is 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 dopamine. Um, and that then um, next time we see that cue, the same thing carries on. Okay. So that's that's how we form a habit. Um, and it's also how we can try and stop a habit because we can try and make the cue invisible or we can make the craving unattractive, etc. But one of the things that I did just touch on there, and I I think it would be useful exploring a little bit more, is is what we crave, okay, is not actually the habit itself. So as a smoker, it's not that I would have craved the cigarette, or it's not that I crave the wine or the food, but it's the feeling that it's yes, And that's the bit that becomes addictive. Um, So we've touched a little bit there about the fact of the different things that we could be um, craving. So if we're stressed, we're most likely craving to feel calm again, hence our wine analogy. Um, If we're anxious or overwhelmed, we're craving control. And we've touched on that today as well. Um, If we're we're fearful, um, and so much of our behaviour and our beliefs come from fear, So if we're feeling fear, then we probably want reassurance. Um, And taking that time to think through what it is that we're really craving. So actually to go, well, I think I'm craving a cigarette. Okay, if it's not that I'm craving, it's the feeling it gives me. What feeling does that give me and how else can I get it? And it's one of the things that um, has been transformational for me because some things you think I want to stop, but I just can't. And, you know, we, we have to find ways to replace stuff, don't we? Like, because our brain is always wired. still going to crave. Yeah, it's wired. Absolutely and wired. each time we see that cue, we're going to crave. You no, know, so each time we're stressed, we need to feel calm. But we don't have to get that calm from all of the ways that we've always done it before. There's always different ways. Um, so so that, that would be something I'd invite people to really reflect on that. And a lot of the things I've learned about habits comes from um, James Clear's Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, but no, no.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, is it? Oh, I'll make a note of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's available in audio form, obviously, oh. and to read. But also, he's done quite a few different podcasts for people that like to, you know, if on any ways that you like to absorb that kind of information, look up James Clear Atomic Habits, um, and. The habit loop I touched on comes from there. And a lot of the tips that um, I now use and clients are in there. So absolutely, I recommend people that he makes it actually all very simple and relatable.
0: I mean, that's always the big thing, isn't it? When you're trying to do something that involves the brain. Well, look, thank you so much, Emma. Really great. Loved having you on here. And um, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. I think I'll go away and do a little bit of uh, self-help now. Atomic Habits, James Clear, got it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you on the next podcast. For more information on the topic that you've just listened to, please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com.